Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. It is Wednesday, October the 25th, 2017. For the next hour, I'm going to bring you the latest celebrity and entertainment news on Robert Guillaume, Justin Timberlake, Mary J. Bly, Tamar Braxton, Vincent Hubert, James Packard, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. Hey, sweetie, what's going on? Well, honey, I uh, I have some news. Uh, okay, what? <laughs> All that training paid off. I got the job. Oh, I knew you would get it. So when do you start? When you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Britney Spears. I've had the pleasure of singing all over this great nation, but today I'm lending my voice to the 15 million kids in America struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, while one in five children may be left without enough food for a meal. But it doesn't have to be this way. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks helps to get food to families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to learn how you can help. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656 and press the number one. Also, we're on Facebook. Like us. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash that's entertainment dot radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one. That's T-H-A-T-S entertain and the number one. And you can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto 14. Stiletto like the shoe. S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. And follow me on Instagram. Just go to T. Jones Gibbs. That's T. J-O-N-E-S G-I-B-B-S Right now the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy 62 degrees Uh, But before I get started with the first story of the day I'd like to give a shout out to everyone that's currently listening on the phone lines and on the computer Thank you again for joining me here on a Wednesday afternoon and, uh, again, if you want to know more about Blog Talk Radio, just go to www.blogtalkradio.com and uh, you get to 
sign up, you get to listen to all other shows besides my show, other genres here on the network. But uh, again, if you are not a registered listener here, just sign up. It's free. That's www.blogtalkradio.com, and you can just uh, follow me, follow the show, and that's Entertainment Online Radio. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the beloved TV icon Robert Guillaume. Uh, you know him as the beloved uh, Butler and Benson. He also started in the hit show uh, Soap, and uh, he had a long expanding career. He just recently passed away from his battle with prostate cancer. Also this week, uh, Justin Timberlake just officially announced that he will be doing the halftime show at Super Bowl 52 coming up next year. And a lot of the fans are not too thrilled because, uh, as you know, the last time Justin Timberlake was on the Super Bowl, Janet Jackson was doing the song, the duet with him. And uh, that's how the, how the whole nipple gate got started. His career, it didn't do too much damage, but she suffered in the long run. And a lot of people on Twitter are voicing their opinions. Some people would like for Justin to invite uh, Janet back on the Super Bowl. Some people thought that she was banned entirely. The NFL had banned her entirely. So we'll talk about that today. Um, This week, Mary J. Bly is back in the news. Once again, she's still having some issue with her estranged, soon-to-be ex-husband, Kendu Isaac. Now he wants more money from her, and I'll tell you uh, what that is. Also, uh, singer and TV personality uh, Tamar Braxton and her husband, Vincent Hubert, uh, they're calling it quits. They're calling it quits, and I'll tell you more about it. Also, uh, Mariah's ex-fiance, James Packer, he has broke his silence on why the whole engagement didn't uh, start in the first place, and he had finally confessed why he didn't marry Mariah. So I'll tell you about more about that. Also, uh, another icon has died, uh, Fat Domino. He was... Uh, known in a legendary singer from New Orleans. He was like, he had hits like Blueberry Hill and Ain't That a Shame. He was also inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He passed away today. So a lot of ground to cover. Before I get started with the show, don't forget to tune in Friday, which is uh, October the 27th, where my special guest will be uh, actress Camille Hyde. Remember a couple weeks ago she was supposed to uh, be on the show. Uh, there was a change in her schedule. Well, she's going to be talking, coming by the show on Friday to talk about her new role in Netflix, American Vandal. And uh, we know her from playing Shelby Watkins. She was the pink Power Ranger in the movie Power Ranger Dino Charge. So she's going to be my special guest this Friday, October the 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern. So uh, make sure you tune in. So without further ado, let's get started with the most uh, the, the most uh, talked about stories for the week. Hit it. <laughs> Uh, you might have to want to excuse me. I um, am just—I have a, caught a cold this week, so I might sound a little funny. But so I apologize. Uh, after Robert Guillaume, 
a two-time Emmy winner for portraying the uh, the very funny butler from Benson on two ABC sitcoms. He died following a battle with prostate cancer. He was 89. Guillaume, who also starred in theater and voice, uh, the wise Mandrel Rafiki in the Disney 1994 film The Lion King and its related sequel, video games and TV series. He died Tuesday at his home in Los Angeles. Guillaume, um, he was known for playing very distinguished characters. Uh, he defined defied racial stereotypes as he did on ABC's critical acclaim, Aaron Sorkin's series Sports Night, where he played Isaac Jaffe, the managing editor of the ESPN-style news program. Uh, in 1999, Guillaume had a mild stroke while in his dressing room on the Sports Night set. His portrayal of Benson Dubois endured for nine years, first in three seasons on Soap from 1977 to 1980, and then on the spinoff Benson, which ran until April of 1986. Benson's personal arc went from butler cook to state budget director and finally to lieutenant governor. He even ran for governors against his former boss, Eugene X. Uh, Gatlin, John Noble, but uh, but that race was a season-ending cliffhanger, went undecided because the show went off the air. Now, Guillaume is also uh, won several Emmy, two, two-time Emmy winner for Outstanding Actor in a Comedy in 1985, which made him the only black man to win in that category. He also received the Supporting Comedy Actor Trophy in 1979, earning six noms in all for playing Benson. Guillaume also will earn a Tony nomination for Best Actor in a Musical in 1977 for playing Nathan Detroit in the revival of Guys and Dolls, and he replaced the original Phantom, Michael Crawford, in the L.A. production of The Phantom of the Opera. So definitely he's going to be missed. Uh, very classy, very respectable actor in Hollywood, uh, Robert Guillaume, dead at uh, 89. Following Justin Timberlake's headliner announcement for the 2018 Super Bowl halftime show, people are questioning whether Janet Jackson will reunite with the Mirror Singer or not. Well, it looks like the 51-year-old singer will not return to the event stage. Timberlake and Jackson once performed together at the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show where the Friends with Benefits star accidentally rip off a part of Jackson's costume and expose the escapade songstress bare breasts. The incident immediately went viral, resulting in people calling it the Nipplegate Incident. An insider told E! News that Jackson didn't have any plans to perform at the Super Bowl, while another insider claimed that she had scheduling conflict due to her tour. It was also revealed that the Rhythm Nation singer would still support Timberlake's upcoming performance on February 4th. She wishes him a great performance. She said they had great memories, and she's happy to hear that Justin is performing and thinks he will be as great as always. Now, Jackson, um, aside, a second insider revealed that Timberlake would perform his classic stuff at at the show, saying that the singer is very excited for the opportunity. They said that uh, Justin will be playing his old stuff during the performance. He plans to perform his classic uh, classic songs, 
Uh, Justin team has really been pushing to lock in this deal, and he's very excited for the opportunity. Uh, in an interview with Sunday Night Football, Timberlake promised that there wouldn't be any wardrobe malfunction again. He, uh, however, he looks like it looks like many people are expecting something else, and they demand that Timberlake apologize to Jackson instead of singing. A lot of Janet Jackson fans. A Twitter user wrote, quote, the only thing I want out of Justin Timberlake on the Super Bowl stage is an apology for ruining Janet Jackson's career. Now, for those who don't know the whole story, yes, uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson performed at the Super Bowl before. He performed Rock That Body, and at the end, you know that part where he said, uh, uh, at the end of the song, I will get you naked at the end of the song, he ended up pulling uh, one of her, uh, the piece off of her breast, and it exposed her nipple, bare breasts. CBS got a hefty fine behind it, and that was the start of these, you know, the five-minute, ten-minute delay from that. That was how that whole delay stuff got started. Now, Justin Timberlake, the, uh, that, the next month, uh, Justin Timberlake was scheduled to perform at the Grammys. He came on and performed. Well, Janet Jackson got a lot of backlash from behind that. She was uh, allegedly banned uh, from the NFL, which turned out the NFL never banned her. Uh, She was banned from performing at the Grammys. They stopped. uh, Some radio stations didn't want to play her songs. It was real bad for Janet. And while Justin apologized for the incident, and so did Janet, he really basically Justin got like a little slap on the hand. While Janet suffered the most, of the brunt of it, and a lot of her fans are saying, you know, they're not watching. Uh, they could care less because they are still have they still haven't forgot how Janet's career suffered behind that, and Justin. Barely got any scratch Now you know it has a lot to do With double standards Some people said it had a lot to do, do with race All kind of Issues behind it But um, And then there was rumors also that They said that uh, Janet Said that if, uh, allegedly If Justin would ask her To come she would do it in a heartbeat But that was just Rumor But um yeah, a lot of people still haven't forgot about this. There's still a lot of people that are bitter behind that. So, um, I mean, Justin Timberlake uh, also he has also mentioned that it was unfair that Janet did uh, get the brunt of the the backlash. But um, you know, uh, it's 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 unfortunate but uh you know Janet now she's that happened so long ago Janet's a mother now she has a son she's doing her tour you know she's coming out from a bad situation with her marriage as well so uh we just want to make sure just wish Janet much continued success and Justin to do a great job so um but a lot of people are still bitter Mary J. Blige, estranged, so to soon to be ex-husband, Kendu Isaac, is accusing the singer of using their failed marriage as a creative source for new music and making a grip of cash as a result. 
The bottom line is that he wants some of that money too. Now, Ken do claim he needs some cash and whatever else he can get from her to keep from becoming destitute now that he's no longer her manager nor in her life as her husband. Now, according to documents obtained by the Blast, Isaac said he had been unemployed since the divorce case was filed and claimed Blythe is trashing him in the press, hindering his ability to get a job. As an example of what he has to deal with, he notes that Blige has released two songs, Love Yourself and Set Me Free, which he says are now known as her divorce songs. He claimed Mary had experienced a career surge as a result of the breakup. Isaac also wanted you to know that since he moved out of the $8 million crib he shared with Blige, he had to make do with a tiny, major 1,400-square-feet apartment in Los Angeles. Oh, whoopee-doo. Bottom line, he says he needs more money for Blige just to survive. Now, and to survive on his terms, he's looking for Miss Mary to turn over $65,000 per month, month to him, which he says is a mere chump change for Blige, who is claimed has $275,476 per month available for support payment. Now, he got a lot of nerve. And I don't bit more believe. You know, so what? You had to scale down. That's life. And second of all, you need to get a job. You need to just stop while you're ahead. I mean, come on. You have nothing tied to Mary. You don't have no kids. You have nothing. And this whole bit about, oh, uh, when they were married, she needed to take care. She was taking care of the parents. Once you divorce, you have no more ties. Not to the family. That's how I feel. You, she's done. So she, you need to start taking care of your parents. You, you. I mean, you got a lot of nerve. Right now, we got uh, sixteen, seventeen minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs. Where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. Every now and then, we have celebrity interviews. Uh, speaking of celebrity interviews, tune in this Friday, October the 27th, where my guest will be actress Camille Hyde from Netflix, American Vandal. Uh, she's going to be my special guest this Friday. Uh, she was supposed to uh, come a couple of weeks ago, but she had a, a issue with her schedule, so tune in for that. Also... Singer and TV personality Tamar Braxton is calling it quits on her long marriage. Braxton, who's 40, has filed for divorce from her husband of nearly nine years, Vincent Hubbard, on Tuesday, according to documents obtained by TMZ. Braxton was introduced to Hubbard by her sister, Tony Braxton, and the two began dating in 2003. Tony Braxton and Hubbard, a record executive, had been working together when she felt he would be a good match for her sister. Now, Tamar filed the docs after the couple had a domestic dispute in an Atlanta hotel in 2016 in which the cops were called. Herbert, who's 44, allegedly bit her hand during the argument. Now, the couple shares a four-year-old son named Logan, and sources told TMZ that Tamar moved out of the family home recently and that the relation had been a roller coaster ever since the altercation. Hubert told Entertainment Tonight in July that the couple's marriage was totally fine amid divorce speculation. The final season of their pair reality show, Tamar and Vince, will air in November of 2017. The show is a spinoff of the family reality show, Braxton Family Values. 
Tamar has also served as the host of The Real and has a deal in the works for her own talk show and television series with Steve Harvey Production Company, East 112th Street Productions. And it's no secret that Mariah Carey and James Packer romance went terribly sour after 18 months of dating, but as Packer explained, it was a mistake from the beginning. Packer told the Australian Daily Mail, uh, via Daily Mail, about meeting Carey. He said that he was at a low point in his personal life. The pair met through mutual friends, Brett Ratner, with whom Packer was in business, He said that Mariah was very kind, exciting, and fun. He said that Mariah is a woman of substance. She is very bright, but it was a mistake for her and a mistake for me. Their whirlwind romance drew much media attention, and in January 2016, Packer proposed to Carrie with a $10 million engagement ring. After the breakup in October 2016, Carrie demanded $50 million, claiming he caused her distress. Now, since parting ways, Packer had kept a quiet light out of the spotlight at his Buenos Aires ranch. He also told the magazine he got one big regret. He has nothing to do with the pop star but everything to do with his ex-wife, Erica Packer. He said, quote, it is my biggest regret that I let my marriage to Erica fail. It is what it is, and she is doing an incredible job with the kids, and we are in a great place, unquote. So he's saying that uh, he just was at a low point in his life, and I guess Mariah was like the rebound girl, the rebound girl. So, uh, you know, he did keep quiet for a while. Everybody was speculating what went wrong, what went wrong, but uh, he finally decided to speak out. And the legendary New Orleans singer and pianist Fat Domino, known for hits like Blueberry Hill and Ain't That a Shame, has died. He was 89. Domino, whose real name is Antoine Antoine Domino Jr., died on Tuesday afternoon of natural causes. Mark Bone of the Jefferson Parish Coroner Office confirmed the iconic artist was born and raised in New Orleans and first broke out into the city rock and roll scene in the late 1940s after joining the band The Solid Senders. His first record, The Fat Man, garnered him national attention, selling one million copies by 1953 after it was released in 1949. It was said to be the first rock and roll record to reach that achievement, and some music historians have even credited to be the first rock and roll record to exist according to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Domino ultimately sold 65 million records, which is more than any rocker of the 50s except Elvis Presley. His songs landed him on the Billboard pop chart 63 times and the R&B chart 59 times throughout his years. Domino first found himself sectioned to only the R&B chart until his song Going Home made it to number 30 on the main chart, and the following year his song Going to the River landed at number 24. In 1955, Ain't It a Shame helped propel Domino's soul sound across genres and landed at number 10 on the pop charts. A cover of the track retitled Ain't That a Chain was done by Pat Boone and landed even higher on the pop charts at number one for a period of two weeks. 
Domino was featured in two films during his heyday, Glue, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, and That Girl Can't Help It, both in 1956. He was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986 and received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1987. And former... President Bill Clinton gave Domino the National Medal of Art in 1998. The Hall of Fame largely credited him with influencing the likes of Billy Joel, Elton John, and Paul McCartney, and Rolling Stone put him on the list as the greatest recording artist of all time at number 25, and even Harry Carnett Jr. credited the musician with paving the way for New Orleans piano players. Wow. May he rest in peace. And and in a fan footage captured at a Saturday performance, an overzealous Harry Style fan appeared to shove her hand in the one direction that way, uh, shove her hand in one direction uh, that was way off limits. Uh, that which it was the singer's groin. Uh, Styles, who's 23, was performing Kiwi at the Hollywood Bowl where the fans reach out and grope the former One Direction star as he approached the edge of the stage. In a video uploaded to Twitter, Styles can be seen quickly squatting the hands away and turning around to rejoin his band. The British star fervent fan base quickly took the social media to condemn the growth, which many called out as sexual assault under the hashtag RespectHarry. One user wrote on Twitter, quote, I don't care if you're not a Harry Style fan. This is important. Uh, another Twitter, Twitter user said, no one deserves to be sexually assaulted. It's not just men who are assaulters and grabbing someone by the crotch is creepy, even with consent, which Harry didn't give. Hashtag respect Harry. And another pinned a similar tweet and cited that the singer mantra of practicing kindness and respect. Style was performing as part of the We Can Survive Cancer Benefit, along with other A-list stars like Pink, Lord, and McNamore. The inappropriate grab and subsequent outrage came as a sea change appeared to be taken hold in Hollywood in the wake of damning, damning sexual assault allegation against Harvey Weinstein. And since Weinstein was accused by more than two dozen women of sexual assault, harassment, and rape, women have been coming forward with stories of similar misconduct from other men across the industry, including Amazon studio head Roy, uh, Roy Price and filmmaker James Toback. And people will be keeping up with the Kardashians again still. The Kardashian-Jenner family reportedly has landed a rich deal with E, pocketing $150 million. The deal extended the family, the famous family reality show on the network for an additional five seasons, which equates to $30 million per episode. And opposed to, uh, in a opposed, uh, to report from TMZ, which claimed that the contracts earned the famous clan $150 million. An insider tells a Hollywood reporter that the new overall deal is south of $100 million instead. However, the source reportedly confirmed that the deal indeed runs through 2020. The, new, the, the renewal came following reports of Kris Jenner being panicky over uh, keeping with the Kardashian low ratings when the show premiered in season 13. And it seemed like rumors of Kylie Jenner and Khloe Kardashian being pregnant played a huge role in the renewal as the idea of the new expected Kardashian being featured on the show may excite people. But a source close to the production revealed to the blast that it's still unclear whether we will see the babies on the show. Because, you know, Kylie's pregnant, Khloe's pregnant, Kim expecting her third child. So, 
they they're saying they think that might have a, a big part in the renewal. And Oscar winner actress Renee Zellweger, she said to play Judy Garland in Judy, a biopic which was based on Garland's final concert in London. Production of the movie is expected to kick off in February of 2018 with Rupert Gold, a Gould, serving behind the lens from a script written by Tom Edge. Now, it's set in London in 1968, nearly 30 years after The Wizard of Oz made her an international movie star. The biopic will follow Garland as she prepared for her sold-out show, The Talk of the Town, featuring classics like Over the Rainbow and The Trolley Song. The new biopic will also recount the Oscar nominee battle with management as she's feeling overworked after a lifetime spent in show business. Missing her children, she even contemplated walking away from the stage. Additionally, she, it will also explore her relationship with entrepreneur and musician Mickey Deans, whom she married months later. Now, Garland, who died of an overdose in 1969, had been the subject of several made-for-TV movies over the year. And, uh, Andrea McArdle played the legendary entertainer in the NBC uh, movie Rainbow in 1978. Tammy Blanchard and Judy Davis played her on ABC's Life with Judy Garland, Me and My Shadow, in 2001. And Sigrid Thornton played her on Seven Networks, Peter Allen, Not the Boy Next Door, in 2015. Judy will mark a musical combat of sorts for Zellwinger, who received an Academy Award nomination for her leading role as Roxy Hart in 2002 film adaptation of the Broadway musical Chicago. She most recently starred in Same Kind of same kind of different as me, which debuted on October 20th, placing 12th at domestic box office with 2.6 million. Wow, interesting. Wow. Uh, coming up right now, we it's we at 1:30 here on the East Coast. Uh, coming up in the next half hour, I'm going to give you the latest on uh, another. Former girlfriend of R. Kelly is spilling the beans about her experience with the controversial crooner. I'll tell you more more about that. And uh, Cardi B claimed that she was at a hotel in upstate New York and she was kicked out because her team allegedly was, uh, they said they, they smelled weed in the room and they were forced to leave. Also, uh, country star Alan Jackson, uh, he was inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame. And Suge Knight uh, allegedly is uh, issuing multiple threats to Straight Outta Compton director F. Gary Gray. I'll tell you more about that. And uh, Young and the Restless star uh, Christoph St. James, apparently he's undergoing psychiatric treatment. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
News and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now we have 25 minutes left remaining in the show. That was the latest from Camila Cabello in Havana featuring Young Thug. Before I went to the music break, I was 
telling you that uh, one of R. Kelly's former girlfriend is spilling the beans on her experience with the controversial crooner who she says physically abused her and forced her to have sex with other women. Her name is Kitty Jones. Previously, she previously spoke to BuzzFeed in July about her time in Kelly's alleged cult, but expanded upon their tumultuous relationship in a new interview with Rolling Stone. Jones told the outlet that she first met the I Can Believe, I Can Fly singer in 2011 at an after party following a concert in Dallas, and the two quickly began a texting relationship. Two months after their first meeting, Kelly paid for the Dallas-based radio DJ to visit him in Denver and immediately began masturbating in front of her as soon as she arrived. Later that year, after falling for Kelly's vulnerability, Jones said she quit her job and moved into Kelly's apartment in Chicago. She claimed he warned her that that there were other girls he had so-called raised but did not disclose that he was allegedly in relationship with others. She says he became abusive in November of 2011 after she first mentioned the infamous video of him allegedly urinating on an underage girl. Jones said Kelly soon moved her into his recording studio along with two of his other girlfriends and took great pains to ensure that the women did not find out about each other. The DJ said that he frequently took her phone away and starved her as punishment when she didn't follow orders. In March of 2013, Jones said Kelly brought in another one of his girlfriends and forced her to perform oral sex on Jones. She also claimed it was around this time that Kelly began forcing her to have sex with other women, threatening her if she said no. And after six months of hell and a low point that found her contemplating suicide, Jones said she finally let left Kelly clutches by telling him she had to take her son shopping in Dallas. Now get this. The two kept up an occasional and amicable correspondence following Jones' departure, but when they met up again in Dallas two months later, she said Kelly assaulted her on his tour bus and they haven't spoken since. Now, a representative for Kelly denied any claim of wrongdoing or any kind of mistreatment by the artist to Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stone interview marks the second time Jones has spoken publicly about her time with Kelly. In July, she and two of Kelly's other former girlfriends spoke to BuzzFeed for a bombshell report that brought to light Kelly alleged cult of young women who he is reportedly holding against their will in his Chicago and Atlanta area homes. In that interview, Jones revealed that the women who live with Kelly are required to call him daddy and that he controls all aspects of their lives, including their sexual activity, which he films. She also spoke openly about the physical abuse she endured at the hands of the singer, including an incident outside of a Subway sandwich shop in 2013 where he slapped her because she was too friendly with the store male cashier. R. Kelly is, is sick. You know, he and Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, th- these are very sick individuals. And uh, that, that, as far as R. Kelly is concerned, that is definitely the end of his career. It's just, it, this, this stuff got to stop. Will it stop? I don't know. There's going to be more Harvey's, more R. Kelly's. We just got to put an end to this because this is ridiculous. Katy Perry 
seemingly doesn't want to get reminded of her enemy, Taylor Swift, anywhere and anytime, including on American Idol Revival. Now that she serves as one of the judges on the ABC show, the singer reportedly bans the contestants from singing any of Taylor's songs. However, a source explained to Naughty Gossa that it's not because she hates the look what she's made me do singer, but because Katie wants to keep the spotlight on the show and the contestants. Katie wants the show to be about finding new talent, not the ongoing drama between her and Taylor. This is what a source revealed. Katie reportedly is insisting on a drama-free idol. In addition, she's not exactly upset that people will be singing her hits and not Taylor's. On the revived show, Katie will be joining uh, we'll be joined by fo- uh, fellow coaches Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. Meanwhile, Ryan C- uh, Seacrest once again will host a show which previously aired on Fox for 15 seasons since 2002 until 2016. Katie was the first singer tapped to be the judge for the new season with a whopping $25 million contract before the show announced the R&B singer and the country crooner as the second and third judge. American Idol is set to premiere in early 2018 on A. BC. And the teenage daughter of the late Fast and Furious star, Paul Walker, has settled a lawsuit with Porsche over her father's tragic 2013 death. Mel Walker, who's 18 now, settled a suit uh, at a private suit with the company on October 16th, and both parties are requesting that the court case be dismissed according to the do- uh, documents that was obtained. Now, Paul Walker, who was 40 at the time of his death, was killed in a fury crash in Santa Clara, Clara- Clarita, California, when the Porsche Carrera GT he was a passenger in crashed and exploded. Roger Rodas, who was driving the car at the time, also died in the crash. The suit was filed against Porsche in 2015, claiming that the manufacturer had not installed proper safety features in the vehicle. Now, according to the documents, the suit alleged Porsche was aware that the Carrera GT had a history of instability and control issues, yet still failed to install its electronic stability control system. It also alleged that Paul Walker was still alive moments after the high speed crash, but unable to escape because he was trapped by a seatbelt, and this was according to documents obtained by the blast. Metal's suit made the point that if the safety feature had been installed, her father would still be alive. The details of the settlement with Porsche were kept private. Paul Walker's father, Paul Walker III, reached a settlement with the German car banker, and in 2015, Metal Walker was awarded $10.1 million to be paid into a trust after reaching a settlement with Rodas Estate. Paul Walker left his $25 million estate entirely to Metal. And Cardi... D claimed that an Albany, New York hotel that kicked her and her team out after smelling weed blamed the wrong room. Uh, the 25-year-old rapper said that she had been kicked out of the Hilton Albany early Sunday morning after complaints about the smell of marijuana. A TMZ video showed Carly B., who performed at the Time Union Center Saturday night, leaving the hotel early Sunday and shouting racist MFs. Now, a spokesman for the Albany police said that the officers responded to the hotel around 1 a.m. after being called by hotel ma- management about an, old, uh, an order, uh, odor of marijuana and loud party on the second floor. Now, public information officer Stephen A. Smith said that the singer team were cooperative and officers 
had escorted Cardi B's group to the lobby, at which point her manager went back upstairs alone to wake up the singer. Now, a source told Us Weekly that the Bronx native and her team were the only people of color on the floor. The hotel declined to comment. And country star Alan Jackson, the late guitarist and singer Jerry Reed, and songwriter Don uh, Schlitz were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame last Sunday. Country icon Loretta Lynn returned to the Hall of Fame for the first time since she suffered a stroke in May to formally induct Jackson. Lynn, who canceled her tour date this year to recover, said Jackson was the only person that could make her leave her house. She recalled meeting Jackson when he was a nervous young artist decades ago and knowing then that he would be one of the greatest singers in country music. The 59-year-old Jackson is still one of country music's most successful solo artists, having sold nearly 45 million albums in the United States and had 26 singles reach the top of the Billboard country charts. And fans uh, fear that Michael Bay's Dora the Explorer movie is going to feature the title team blowing stuff up. Dora the Explorer, the bilingual children program, will soon be made into a live-action film by Transformer producer Michael Bay. Yes, Michael Bay. Now, according to Hollywood Reporter, the movie will feature a teenage Dora who moves to the city with her cousin Diego from Dora's spinoff, Go Diego Go, and little else has been released about the movie, so it's unclear if Boots, the monkey, the map, and the scheming fox swiper will all appear in the movie or will or what will explode. The film is set to be released in 2019 and will be written by Nick Stoller, who also wrote the 2011 Muppet movie, Storks, and most recently Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. And Suge Knight is allegedly, uh, he allegedly issued multiple threats to straight out of Compton director F. Gary Gray during the film shooting, according to court records obtained by the L.A. Times. The transcript showed that Gray received a phone call during filming of the Academy Award-nominated film from Knight, who was reportedly upset with his portrayal in the project and had received no compensation. Now, Gray was so frightened by the threats from the former rap mogul that he later refused to cooperate during a grand jury hearing. Now, according to court documents, Gray would often ignore Suge phone calls, and that's when Knight began sending threatening text messages. Now, according to the L.A. Times, the threat left the director shaken and unwilling to talk about it or the film. And according to the court records, Gray said, quote, I can't say I remember being threatened by him specifically, unquote. Deputy District Attorney Cynthia Barnes told the grand jury that Gary was clearly afraid and was lying under oath. Details about Suge and Gary's dispute over the film began to spread during the opening phases of Knight's upcoming homicidal trial, leading to an indictment for the threat. And young and restless star Christoph St. John is reportedly undergoing psychiatric treatment. The 51-year-old New York native had a scare regarding his mental health, and this is according to Entertainment Weekly. St. John, who played young Alex Haley in Roots, The Next Generation, is best known as Neil Winters on the daytime show on which he appeared in more than 1,500 episodes. In 2014, his 24-year-old son, Julian, who suffered from schizophrenia, committed suicide at a mental health 
healthcare facility in Long Beach, California. The following year, St. John and his ex-wife Mia filed a wrongful death suit against the facility, claiming that they lied about how often they checked on Julian. Despite reports, Mia denied that the actor had threatened suicide. And a woman who showed up outside Justin Bieber's California home three times in a week had to face the music after cops busted her for trespassing. The unidentified intruder was arrested and booked Monday after she arrived at the singer's Beverly Hills mansion and ventured onto his property. Bieber was inside when the woman arrived, but she never got face-to-face with him. The woman, who was reportedly in her 40s, never went inside the pop star home. Police were called to the scene at roughly 7.30 p.m., and Bieber's security team handled the situation until the cops made it there. And it's unclear if police were called the first two times the woman arrived at Bieber property in the last week. A public information officer for the Beverly Hill Police Department was not immediately available, and this is not the first time Bieber or his team had to deal with trespasser. A woman was arrested for criminal trespass in 2014 after she entered the Atlanta home that Bieber was renting and went to sleep in one of the bedrooms. Numerous celebrities have fallen victim to uninvited people uh, coming inside or going on to their properties in 2017. Last week, a, burg- a burglar went through a staffer car on Kim Kardashian and Kanye's West Bel Air driveway and took personal items. This is according to the Los Angeles Police Department. And the home belonging to Nicki Minaj, Kendall Jenner, and Mariah Carey have each reportedly been burglarized this year as well. Uh, right now we have 11 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another commercial break, and we'll be back with the last remaining stories for the week. Patty 
Serious XM host Howard Stern that um, he said, "Are you kidding me?" During this explicit Latin interview yesterday, uh, the Detroit area rock had been teasing the public for months. At a September 12th concert, Kid Rock was introduced as Michigan's next senator and talked about running for president. Even we reported this story. Now, according to the Detroit Free Press, Kid Rock said his staff knew there wouldn't be a run for office, but, but with all the attention and new album in the works, he said he told them, let's roll with it for a while. Kid Rock, whose real name is Robert Ritchie, was a target of protest during a recent Detroit concert because of his use of the Confederate flag. And plus, he was at the White House, uh, taking pictures with Donald Trump, so it a lot of people had speculated that he was running. So, Nene Leakes is pushing back against rumors that her Real Housewives of Atlanta co-stars are trying to avoid shooting scenes with her due to her rape joke. The reality star was dragged on social media and dropped from hosting the Escape upcoming reunion tour after wishing rape upon a heckler at one of her stand-up comedy shows in August. All of her co-stars are fleeing her, uh, minus Marlo Hampton, who appeared to be one of her true friends in the world. This is what one of the sites uh, reported. And the blog Celebrity Insider in his October 23rd post titled, NeNe Leaks is the new Phaedra Parked, Real Housewives of Atlanta co-star are avoiding her, reported that her co-stars had zero interest in filming scenes with her, with the exception of Marlo Hampton. Now, on Monday, this past Monday, NeNe fired back on Instagram claiming the reports are untrue. She said, lies. Whoever is putting these stories out can stop now because there is no truth to them. I film every day like everyone else, maybe even more than some, unquote. And uh, Title X, Brooklyn, the third annual charity concert from the Jay-Z-owned streaming platform, raised $3.7 million to support victims of recent natural disasters, including Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Maria, and the earthquake that took place in Mexico. 
Funds will be distributed among organizations, including Empire State Relief and Recovery Efforts for Puerto Rico, Global Giving, All Hands Volunteers, Kids in Need Foundation, Direct Relief, One America Appeal, Greater Houston Community Foundation, Miami Community Foundation, Habitat for Humanity in Puerto Rico, and more. The six-hour-plus-long concert took place Tuesday at Brooklyn's Barclays Center and featured Jay-Z, Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Lopez, DJ Khaled, Fifth Harmony, Daddy Yankee, Cascade, Cardi B, and a dozen more. To date, Tidal has sent four planes carrying more than 500,000 pounds of water, tarp, solo lamps, diapers, food, baby wipes, shoes, and more to Puerto Rico. And a pending case against Mink Mills has been thrown out after the rapper completed his required community service. The rapper was charged with a misdemeanor assault in March after allegedly getting into an altercation with someone wanting a photo with him at St. Louis International Airport. In September, Meek's attorney, Joe Takapina, struck a deal with prosecutors to have the case dismissed if he performed community service. The artist chose the Veteran Association in Philadelphia and since completed his request service. The news come on the heels of Meek Reckless driving case where his arrest record will be wiped clean if he stays out of trouble for six months. And London Evening Standard had apologized to Salon Nose for digitally altering her image on their magazine cover. Salon used her song, Don't Touch My Hair, to address the magazine on Instagram, accusing them of digitally removing an intricate braided crown on her head from the cover photo. The magazine article featured the singer talking about her experience spending time at her mother's salon as a child. She also discussed braiding importance to her and praised it as its own art. Form. The magazine says in a statement Saturday that the photo was altered for layout purposes, but it was sorry for the offense caused. The statement said, quote, plainly we made the wrong call and we had offered our unreserved apologies to Solange. And Tyler Perry has done it again. His Lion Gate distribute Boo 2, a Medea Halloween, landed on top of a not exactly spectacular box office. The film, the ninth in his Medea series, which cost $20 million to make, took in $21.6 million from 2,388 screens, hitting the 20 to $22 million range set by trackers before the weekend. And if you're wondering, the first boo brought in $28 million in its opening last year. And for the third consecutive year, Erica Badu will host BET's Soul Train Award, which will be filmed on November 5th at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. BET Present 2017 Soul Train Award will then air on BET and BET Her on November 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Special honorees Tony Braxton and SWV are among the first wave of performers announced for the affair. Braxton will receive the Don Cornelius Legend Award, while female female trio SWV will be presented with the third annual Lady of Soul Award. Other announced performers included Tony's sister Tamar Braxton, 112 Tank, and Kurt Franklin. The Soul Train Award annually salutes the best in R&B, soul, and hip-hop. Salon heads the 2017 class with seven nominations, while Bruno Mars followed close behind with six nods. Additional nominees include Rihanna, DJ Khaled, Bryson Tiller, and newcomer Khalid and SZA. 
And if you want more uh, more information about BET Presents, the 2017 Soul Train Awards, visit BET.com slash Soul Train. Well, that will do it for me for today. Tune in on Friday, October the 27th, when my special guest will be actress Camille High from Netflix, American Vandal. You have a great day. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>